0: Lord God, I just pray that you'd help us to rest in you today. For each person here, Lord, that we would know your greatness, God. That we would live under the covering of your greatness. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I just feel like some people here maybe you've been trying for a long time just to share the love of God with somebody and you just feel like it just, you can't do enough to, to help that person but just feel like God would say that it's not by your might or by your power but it's by my spirit it's by his greatness just continue to love that person and just continue to love them, share the message of Jesus where you can but just trust his leading and just know that he is the one who turns hearts to himself. He's the one who works in people's lives. Just trust him. Just rest in him. Be faithful to what he's called you to, but just trust him. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank you, Lord, that you're not a hard taskmaster, Lord, but you love us. That, you, that your grace, your burden is easy. The yoke, you give us this light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I just uh, just realized earlier I forgot to mention a, a special welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Brown. Um, <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> well, welcome back. Such a, a great time, uh, the wedding in Birragara of many and Ron. Um, just really felt blessed to be a part of that and uh, what a privilege to be able to declare that marriage is about Christ and his church um, openly and publicly in Birrigarra. Uh It was a, a real privilege to be able to do that. And Manny and Ron made it very clear that that's what they wanted, so that's what we did. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, in case you're a visitor here and you've had a look at the newsletter, uh, my name is not uh, Pastor Peter Mickelson. Uh, Peter h- had a little little uh, procedure and uh, had a little episode through that procedure and uh, was certainly intending to be here, but I uh, uh, spoke to him and just said, look, Peter, you rest and don't even think about coming You need to rest and uh, praise God. Uh, He's feeling much better, and I believe he's on the way over anyway now, but uh, he's not here for this morning. Uh, So, uh, my name's Andrew. If I don't know you, I haven't met you already. Uh, I'm not Peter, but uh, I'm praying that we can have a great word from God this morning. Because, to be honest, I haven't had a lot of time to prepare, but God is good. Amen? And if you've ever felt like you're not prepared enough to do something for God, I'm stepping out as an example this morning to trust God and to speak when he gives you opportunity. <laughs> We've had a, I, I had a, a great time at conference. Sam and Matt and Lorraine, they were up there as well, as well as my family for some of the time. The CRC National Conference down in Melbourne, we had a, a, a great time at conference. and um, I'd spoken with Rochelle about the conference and some of the things that were happening around conference, and to be honest, I was there for an extra conference before and an extra conference after, pretty much, uh, the, the national conference. We had a, a church planting tool shop a a day um, before the conference started that I was a part of and um, then the main conference and then there was a a world missions uh, meeting that I was a part of just to be able to hear back from um, some of the leaders from Papua New Guinea and Solomon Islands, Fiji, um, Uganda, um, India, um, Nepal, um, Bhutan. Um I'm just thinking of the ones that I spoke to. <laughs> um it was some great thing. Actually I'll share a bit more about that after, but it was a, a great conference. And you know, the focus of the conference was Jesus. And the focus of our, our churches has gotta be Jesus. He's the hope of the world, he's the answer for the world. And I'm getting ahead of myself already, but how about we pray? Lord <laughs> well, God, I just thank you that you know uh, every person here today, God, you thank, you know, I thank you, Lord, that you know the, the joys of their heart, you know the struggles they've had this week. And Lord God, I just pray this morning that you would speak through me, that your word would uh, bring life to us this morning. And God, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit who's here in this place. And I just pray that, Lord God, you would lead my, my, my thoughts. Uh, just give me your words to speak to your people this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start off by reading from Matthew chapter 5. And actually, I left my Bible down there, but I'll read it off the screen with you. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. Uh, we got that one there. Fantastic. And, oh, sorry, I forgot to say. Kids, we've got some sheets to hand out. Have we done that already? No, not yet. Sorry, Sally, she was waiting for my cue. Uh, we're going to hand out some sheets. And these, these sheets are, are, are two, there's two, um, two um, reasons, two uses of these sheets. Number one, there's a blank side. And you can take notes, you can draw pictures, you can use that however you may feel um, appropriate to do so. On the back side is the uh, outline from two weeks ago, because I didn't have one up for today. (laughs) So you can go back through there and see what you remember from two weeks ago as well. And maybe, can we find prizes if they do? We can, there we go. We've got a great team, thank you Lord. (laughs) So if you can take some notes this morning and... um, You may not have time to fill in the other side at the same time, but after church, you can fill in the other side. And if you can remember what the the points were from two weeks ago, that's pretty good. (laughs) Anyway, you can take some notes as we go this morning. But Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. Maybe you should write down that as your first point. Ready, kids? Let's look at the screen and read it together. You are the salt of the earth. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? Of course not. It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. In verse 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know, church, we are called to be the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world, but Jesus has come. He died on the cross. He rose again, and he says, now go as my ambassadors, be the light to the world. It's his light in us that is going to help people know god his love for them and it is the hope of the world there is no other way that they can come to salvation there is no other way to find forgiveness and eternal life than through jesus christ the light inside of you if you know jesus as your savior today and he says don't hide the light let it shine out for all to see you know as a church we want to let our light shine out for all to see we don't want to just hide our light in this in this building and be a church here on Sundays but God has got us to be a base for the light to shine out from this place as individuals as ambassadors of Christ each one of us as we go out through the week he has called you to be the light of the world to go out and shine for his glory we don't want to just be a church that gathers people to ourselves and gathers and gathers and gathers and just to enjoy church on Sundays we want to be a base to go out through the week and share with people, anyone we have opportunity, the love of God. And not only that, I believe God has called us to be a, a, not just about ourselves, but to actually send out teams to go and bless other places, other churches, and to even begin and, 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 and help establish God's church in other places. And I'm going to talk more about that in coming weeks. Has anyone had fish and chips at the beach before? I love fish and chips at the beach. I like Fish and chips are okay. It's probably the beach is just as good as fish. No, anyway, um, fish and chips at the beach is fantastic. You get your hot chips. You walk down to the beach. The seagulls see you and they flock around you. And Has anyone ever tried the trick with the paper? My, my pa taught, taught us this as kids. You roll up the paper and you throw some chips and you throw the paper. Actually, I'm just thinking as I say this, this might not be a very good idea. Anyway, you have fish and chips at the beach, it's great. And then you drop some chips and you go, oh no, it's still good. And you, you pick up the chip, it's got a little bit of sand, you are try to brush the sand off, and you go, <coughs> crunchy. And it's like, as hard as you try to get that bit of sand off that chip, you just can't, it just doesn't work, does it? So sometimes you get away with it and you're like, you can pretend, mm, good chip, mm, fantastic, pretending I'm not tasting the sand, the, salt right, the, the sand right now. But once you get sand on your salty chip, it's just never the same again. And you know, salt actually can't, I I, I don't believe it's possible for salt to actually lose its flavor. But you know, what happens to salt to lose its flavor is it gets diluted by other things. And you know, church, we don't want to ever be diluted by other things. You know, some of you may be new Christians, you may have just come to Christ, you may have just given your hearts to Jesus in the last six months. And I want to say to you and encourage you this morning that, you know, God wants to continue to work in us and and transform us and complete the work of salvation in us through the process of sanctification. We're justified by faith, but he continues that work until the day we go to be in heaven. But, you know, we, we are made salty the moment we give our life to Jesus Christ. And we don't have to wait to get a bit more salt sprinkled on us before we go and tell people about Jesus. I believe as, as we come to Jesus, we're made salty. It's like we come out of the deep fryer. Maybe that's like the humility of saying, God, I recognize I'm a sinner. You come out of the deep fryer then and you get sprinkled with salt and then you go. And we want to keep getting saltier and saltier as we live this life for Jesus. But don't wait to go. Begin to tell your friends, your family, even now, about the hope you have in Jesus. And you can even say, you know, I don't, I don't even fully understand it, but God has done something in my life. He's changed my heart. I know my sin is forgiven and He, he loves me. He loves you. You can say that and, and declare that from the day you get saved. But if you're, if you're feeling like a, a chip that's been dropped in the sand, let's be honest, there's so many things in this life that try and get our attention. There are so many things that we can make the focus the priority of our weeks that we get diluted by the 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 sand in our lives and you know we can't make ourselves salty again we can't just try and be a bit better people and and sort of i'm going to just fix up this part of my life and god then i'll serve you we actually need to come back to god and just say god i'm sorry for my sin and again he'll cleanse us he'll wash us and, and 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 we can be salty again But as his witness, as his his light to the world, let's keep our eyes on him, church. Maybe today you feel like that chip that's just got a bit dirty over the years. You've just got a bit grubby. The salt's sort of got washed off. Maybe you feel a bit like a microwave chip. It's just not so tasty. I've tried so many different ways to microwave chips after they've gone cold, but it just doesn't work. And we try and microwave ourselves, we try and sort of brush ourselves up and make ourselves look like good Christians. But there is no other way than to come to the cross and say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my divided heart. And Lord God, help me to be your witness to this world. And My prayer is that this morning. We need to come to the cross day by day and say, Lord, wash me afresh. Let me live for your glory, God. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. He's the only hope for this world. There is no, We can do great programs. We can have great fun events. We can... Um, um, I just got uh, the, the State Kids and Youth Leader Training Day next year. We've got a speaker coming called Margaret Spicer. Oh, I know Sue was super excited when when I, I mean, she heard that. Um, we've been wanting to get her for some time because she's all about not just running great kids and youth ministry programs. Um, Sorry, I might be sending a little bit over, all over the place here. But, uh, so I help organize the state Victorian um, Youth and Kids Leader Training Day. And, and I'm so excited to have her come because she's not just about running fun programs. She's about helping kids grow as disciples that continue for the rest of their life as lovers of Jesus and lovers of His world. And as, as churches, as, as people that go into other nations, we can do great programs, but Jesus is the only answer to people's need for salvation. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. People have all kinds of ideas about things that will make life better and sure there's things that can make life easier uh, and we're so blessed with running hot water and um, We're so blessed with so many things, but there is no other name under heaven. There is no other thing in this world that can save us from sin than the name of Jesus Christ. We all deserve judgment. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. We all deserve judgment, but it's Jesus that is the answer. And I just wonder, as a a church, as, as people, if we think about our lives, how much Does our life declare that actually we totally believe that Jesus is the answer? If someone who was not a Christian came to you and said, If you believe that Jesus is the answer for all the world, how are you trying to help me know about that? I wonder how we would answer them. Does our life reflect that of a person who believes that Jesus is the only way? I really want to challenge you this morning to, to, to let God convict you, to convict me of any areas of our life where we are just going through the motions of like the rest of the world would do. Are we truly being salty? Are we letting His light shine or are we just saying, yep, I believe in Jesus and hiding our light under a bushel? He is the only way. And we may feel like broken and, and imperfect vessels for that light to shine, but He has chosen you. He has chosen you and appointed you to go and, and, and shine for His glory because there's salvation in no one else than Jesus Christ. I was just so excited and blessed through the conference to hear from so many different people about what's happening around the world. And, you know, the vision of the CRC is to have a presence in every nation by 2045. 2045. And that's 26 years away. That vision was first talked about 14 years ago, and we had about five or six nations we're in. And now there's about 68 nations that I think we're in as a a movement. Um, And that's not to set up a CRC church. That's not what it's about. It's not about the denomination we're part of. It's about the kingdom of God. And one of the speakers at conference from Africa said, he got up and he said, maybe you've heard that vision about having a presence in every nation by 2045. And maybe you've thought, well, why do, why do we need to go and plant churches in different nations? Why do we need to go and encourage the church there? There's other people there already. And he said, in my nation where I come from, we've had evangelists come in. They've preached the gospel. People have come to Jesus and, and given their lives to him. And, and then the, the evangelist has gone away. And then people have started to teach others. And, and, and we come to church, and every week we're told we have to get baptized. And... and, and just so many things he was talking about that, that they just don't understand God's Word. They, they are unable to read His Word in some places. They don't know what His Word declares. And there's so many parts of the world where uh, I was talking to a, a man who lives in New Zealand. Um, he has been in uh, Brazil for some time and he's about to go back there with his family. Um, I think our kids hung out with their kids in the kids' program. And they're going back to to Brazil to help the church preach about the grace of Jesus Christ. Because he said, isn't the church there? It's all about the law. It's all about you do this, you do this, you do this, and God might forgive you. He said, it's not the gospel. It's not the message of Jesus Christ. And we need to, to connect with these nations and help them understand again the truth about who Jesus is and what the gospel is about. And I was so blessed, so encouraged to hear about so many stories. I just want to share a couple that I can with you this morning because I brought some videos. And I don't know if you notice, my voice is a little bit croaky this morning. To be honest, I've had no voice all week, and it's uh, by the grace of God that I can stand here and speak. Um, it's so hard when you're at a conference, and there's great times of worship, and you're standing there thinking, I should just, I should just stand here this time and not sing. It's like, I can't just stand here. And, and then you're chatting with people around lunchtime and whatever, and it's like, I haven't seen this person for 12 months. I can't just not talk. One day I just wrote notes on the tablecloth and we talked to each other that way. But, um, so anyway, I'm going to play a video, rest my voice for a moment, and uh, I just want you to see a little bit about what God is doing in the nation of India through what's happening in the CRSD. Thanks, guys. Mission Faith Training School in India started in 2008. The main purpose of this school is to train young people to be missionaries and to do the ministry work here in India. After graduation we have seen many students become church planters and others are serving in local churches. This project is about sanitary pads that will be a big help for the women here in India. This project we are making is not a disposable one. It's made of material that will last for two years. People in Jalpaiguri, they are all Hindus. We are working under Brahmin colony, where it's very hard to share about gospel. Some people, they just close their door for us, like we are not allowed. But we see that the gospel is always spreading, and the people are coming into church. When we started the church here in Tejpur, people don't want us to be here. They do bad things against us. We did not fight back, but instead we pray for them. Now the Lord has changed them. They are now attending our Sunday service. We have faced a lot of challenges in our church. Hindus and Catholics here are stopping us from sharing the word of God. They try to destroy some of our churches and they even threaten our lives. But I believe that Jesus can change them and someday they will all come to Jesus and become a believer. There's another one there I was going to play as well, but I think I'll just leave that for now. But um, I think it was Eliza that was in that in that clip. That um, you know, they they live in a place where the name of Jesus is not known. She says in the other video that um, she says, "Do you know Jesus to people?" And they say, "Oh, does he does he live in uh, in Siraguri or where, where, where does he live?" They just have no idea who the name of Jesus is. And as they begin to speak about Jesus, as they begin to tell people about him, that they're, they're suffering persecution. They're, they're having things thrown at them. and They're chased out of town. Uh, but they just continue to love them. And you saw the sanitary pads and things they're making there just as a, a way of showing God's love to those people. And even as they continue to go back to those people and just love them and pray for them and not retaliate, God is doing some amazing things uh, through those people. I just such an inspiration to us um and you know i was just having a look at maps sorry um i couldn't remember what nations it was but that top part of india the reason that that part has been focused on is because that there's some nations that as as western christians we can't go into those nations as missionaries very easily and it's been positioned as a base just as we're a local base to be a a a base to reach into the nations into bhutan and bangladesh nepal myanmar um, Pakistan, this, these places are getting set up as, as strategic bases for the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, to be taught and go, to send out to those other nations. It's, it's exciting I wish I could tell you all the stories that I heard there, but uh, Galatians chapter six, verse four. I just want to read this, and let's, let's think about this this morning. Pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all the good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting, says Paul. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. Maybe we can exchange in there some other things that are taught today that we have to do. You have to do this, you have to do that to please God. They don't want to be, uh, they don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. They've been joined in to his people. They are the people of God. Do not grow tired and weary and give up. I just want to encourage you this morning. Do not grow tired and weary and give up. Maybe you've tried and tried to to help people understand who Jesus is, but do not get tired and weary and give up. I was so inspired by the the stories of of, um, those ones that were going into those nations and and the persecution they suffered. And maybe we we suffer silent persecution at times. Do not get tired and weary and give up. Keep letting the love of God shine out of you. Just really, really briefly, I want to share, Pastor Barry Silverback, who's a man in his, 80, his 80s who's still going into new nations, and he just goes, he, he just have a nation on his heart, and he just goes there, and he just kind of walks the streets and says, God, show me the person you want me to connect with, and then you look two years later in that nation, and there's 20 churches set up, there's 200 people come to Christ, and there's just amazing things happen, and he was just sharing about how he, he, he's, he was a, actually he's from Geelong, he's ministered here in Colac a long, long time ago. And uh, he went to Papua New Guinea as a missionary with his young family, and uh, he's just given his life to serve God. And he was just sharing about the strategy that God has for us as his church. And he was sharing about how when he was in Papua New Guinea. He, he was learning about the war and what happened in, in PNG. And he was sharing this uh, little bit of I'm going to really summarize it he was reading this book called strategies for war and it was talking about principles of war and there's probably some people in the room that could talk about this better than me and who knows maybe things have changed even in the modern day war but talking about strategies of war he was talking about the first thing in this book he was reading was talking about setting up an operational base and i think we can click them up one at a time can we and who knows, we don't fight against people, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we are in a spiritual battle. We are in a battle and, and, and the enemy is working in this nation. He is at work. We need to be alert to his tricks. We need to be alert to his, to his pursuit of us and others around us. But the first thing for, as a strategy of war is to set up our operational base that is resourced, that is, that is a, a, the, the safe haven, it's secure. And then from that base, you can send out your groups, your, your, your people into different places to fight the battle. And, you know, as a local church, we are an operational base. We want to be a place where you can come in safely, you can be trained, you can be equipped, you can be encouraged, you can be built up, that you can go out as his disciples and to be a witness to those around us. But, you know, also, you know, I think our families are an operational base. God help our, our families to be secure operational bases where the God, Word of God is taught, the Word of God is declared, the Word of God is held on to, that as we go out from our families through the day, that we can be for the glory of God, that we can be resourced and encouraged, built up and ready to go out. But he was talking about how even, you know, sometimes in war, the, the, the we get the supply from the operational base we're resourced we we, they send us food it keeps us going but sometimes that can be cut off and he was talking about how as as people out on the front lines as you go into your workplace as you go into your school as a representative of god as, as you do the things you do in life if there is communication back to the base and if there's communication back to you on the front line just that bit of communication, that just that bit of encouragement can keep you going when you've got nothing else. And as I was seeing this and hearing this and, and talking about this, the thing about churches, sending out other churches and, and missionaries, we, we need to communicate with one another. We need to encourage those that we send out. But you know, as a church, we can forget about the need for us to, to be connected. We need those lines of communication to be always open. We need those supply lines to stay strong. That's why we encourage you to become a part of a life group, that you can have those lines of communication open, that you can share openly and, 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 and fully with people that you know care for you and love you and that can encourage you and help you through the struggles that you go through. Because you know the enemy, the enemy is a real enemy and he's working to try and cut those supply lines. He wants to cut you off. He wants to isolate you. And it's why we need to continue as a church to come together. There are so many things in this world right now that would want to say, oh, just go to church every so often. But I want to encourage you for yourself and for those around you to don't don't give up on fellowship with one another. We need you, you need the church. The enemy's strategy is to cut us off, to divide and conquer, that your supply line would be cut off, that that line of communication, that encouragement would be cut off, that you would just kind of go, it's too hard and you would stop fighting. Maybe there's some of us that we have already in that place and we just sort of think, actually, I've already stopped fighting. And there's two ways. It's, it's our encouragement for one another, but also it's our encouragement from Him. Day by day, we need to open God's Word. We need to, to be encouraged by the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to pray. We need to spend time with our Saviour and King and our Lord. He loves you. We're talking about the marriage course, about coming together to invest in our marriages, but invest in your relationship with your Saviour. He is the light of the world and He wants to shine out of you, but we need to first receive from Him that we would stay salty, that we would stay salty. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. says this then jesus said to his disciples if any of you wants to be my follower you must turn from your selfish ways take up your cross and follow me if you try to hang on to your life you will lose it but if you give up your life for my sake you will save it and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul is anything worth more than your soul I was so blessed to be able to share with Pastor Guebo through the week about how I had been so blessed even as I went to Papua New Guinea in 2001 and I gave them my time to, to supposedly encourage them, but I was so blessed in return. I, I made a decision on that trip to, to, to give my life to help people know Jesus and wherever he led me. I didn't plan to be a pastor. I did school's ministry where I could for a time. Actually, I am still am. But I just want to be a witness for Jesus wherever I go. Is that your heart's desire? Jesus tells us if we want to be his follower, we've got to give up our own selfish desires. You know, I've probably shared this before, but I used to love bike riding. I wanted to be an Olympic gold medalist one day. I rode for 20, 30 hours a week on a bike, and I loved it. And my prayer was, God, if you want me to continue in this, Lord, let the desire in my heart just grow and grow and grow. But if it's not your desire, Lord, just cut off that desire. You know, there was a day that came where I didn't ride my bike for over 12 months. I just did not touch it, and I didn't care if I never did again. That was a miracle of God. (laughs) But then there came a day when God said, actually, Andrew, you need to stay healthy. You've you've put on 10 kilos, Andrew. I don't know if you noticed. And it wasn't muscle. <laughs> and, you know, God said, Andrew, I want, to, I want you to get fit. You know what? I want you to be a witness amongst the cycling community of Colac. And even last week, I, I was in, down the street somewhere and I, I was chatting with someone and they go, hey, you're that bike rider, aren't you? I'm like, oh, cool. There's an opening. I can chat to them about that. And, you know, we, we, we are called to give up our life for Christ. There is no limits to what that includes everything i have is his is everything you have his today and if he calls you to give it up are we ready to give up that thing for his his name maybe he'll say no actually i want you to continue in this thing do this for my glory but are we willing are we truly giving up our life that we would live for his glory and his glory alone i pray that 20 years from now that we would not just look like the church that we are today But we would be laying down our life day by day, year by year, that God would do amazing things beyond our wildest dreams. But not because of our might or our brains or our skill or our programs, but because we have simply yielded ourselves to Him. That we have stayed salty and that God has done the work by His Spirit through us. We're going to finish this morning with communion. I was going to ask if the band would come maybe if the stewards would come now too and hand out communion. I hope something I've said this morning has been an encouragement to you, but this morning as we finish with communion, communion is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's not just a good idea. It's not just something we decided to do. It's something Jesus told us to do. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Do this as often as you meet together. Why? Because we remember his sacrifice for us. Maybe this morning you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never understood what Jesus did, but he died on the cross because we could never earn his forgiveness. We deserve to die for our sin, but Jesus came and died for us so that we could be set free. And just as He gave His life for us, He wants us to see His love for us. To remember that His body was broken. Thanks, We eat this biscuit to remember that Jesus gave His life so that we could be set free for eternity. Not because I'm a good person, not because I'm doing things that, that honor God, but because He loves me. Because he loves you. He gave his life for you upon the cross. And he says, If any of you will turn from your sinful ways and come to me, if you will lay down your life, you will be lifted up and you will receive eternal life. I have this cup cup of grape juice. Reminds us that this covenant with God was sealed by His blood. It is finished. I just want to encourage you to close your eyes and just begin to thank God. Thank God for His love. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His goodness. Thank God for His mercy. There is no other way that we can be saved. As we go through a stressful week, as we have pressures of life and family and work and commitments and things that are happening, we will find peace in nothing else but Jesus Christ. What a privilege, Lord God, that we could know you. We are so grateful that you have done everything for us. God, I just pray this morning as we just hold these emblems in our hand, Lord God, that you would refresh us. That God, we would know that we are loved and accepted by you the moment we turn to you. But also, Lord God, I just pray that you would, in, you would inspire us, you would compel us, that you would make us salty again. Lord God, this world needs its chur- this, your church to stand up and to shine for your glory. And God, I ask that you would just cleanse us, just sprinkle the salt of your Holy Spirit upon us today. Fill us to overflowing. Empower us, Lord God, to stand against the tricks of the enemy, to encourage one another that we might live for your glory, God, alone. We thank you and praise you today. Let's eat and drink, celebrating and remembering what he has done for us through the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I remember a song when I was a teenager I heard and I just fell in love with it. It just came to be then. It's, the, songs, the words of the song are, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. And to know God's love, to come into His Family to be to be known by God and to know Him, there is no greater thing we can ever experience. If coming to Him meant one day of, of, of life in His presence, it would be worth it. But praise God, we usually get to spend eternity with Him. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to finish with a song in a moment. We might just skip to that last song, "Love So Great." This morning, if you just want to re dedicate your life to Jesus I want to encourage you to respond and you go guys I want to encourage us as a church to let's be quick to respond when there's a a call to prayer if there's anything in your heart this morning you want to rededicate your life maybe you just want to surrender and lift your hands this morning and say God I'll give it up to you again this morning maybe you'd like some prayer this morning just feel free to come as we sing this song God loves you so 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 much And that person beside you too. With all our quirks, as weird as we are, as much as we struggle, He loves you. Let's stand right now. Let's declare it. Let's sing about it. Let's praise Him because He's worthy. Amen.